0: Are listening to Worst Show Ever, I'm your host, CJ Boyd. I'm here in Portland, Oregon with Paul oh, Andrews, um, like villain. Uh, we are at Marista in uh, Alberta district. Is that true? Yeah, I've never been here before. Seems like you've been here before.
1: Yeah, I've been here before.
0: This yeah. is a place I've come to a lot. Of. That's a you friendly with the staff.
1: I've never met that woman. Oh, before. really? She was just she really, like <laughs> just liked you,
0: particularly nice. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, well, let's see. Han and I have played some shows together before. We've, um, yeah, known you for a few years, and uh, I know you've done a fair amount of traveling. So I mm-hmm. thought I'd ask you about your worst show. Yeah.
1: Well, I'd say I'd say my worst show was probably election night.
0: Okay. Oh, and. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So the, it's, it's interesting because I think the show, my, my performance in the show itself actually was like pretty fine despite my um, utter shock of how the night had been emerging right. thus I'm going to go ahead
0: and say you mean the most recent election. The day. most recent election,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: Not Obama's second big.
1: <laughs> no. I, even though I was on tour during that time and uh, uh, I was in, for the, for the second election of Obama, I was in Canada. Okay. And uh, me and my bandmates, I was in another band called AU, and when oh, we yeah. were on tour during that time, we were going to wait to perform until we found out that that Obama yeah, had actually won, right. won the election the second time, because we were too anxious yeah. to perform January. and not know what the fuck was going to go on right. that night, um, with Mitt Romney potentially becoming president. Right. So, so um, fast forward four years later... <laughs> um, I'm on the road, I'm in, uh, where was I? Minneapolis, Minnesota. Really great city, really great venue. Um, it was called the, the Kitty Cat Club. Oh, I love that place. Yeah, yeah, really cool spot. Yeah. And um, to kind of start everything off, I had been on the phone with my dad, really, really nervous about how the polls were looking. Turning in a, in a direction that I was not really expecting. Pretty much yeah. the same story that everybody was feeling on that day. Um, shock and horror, how can this be, this can't, this has to be a mistake, etc., etc. Um, and then uh, I need to move my car to be a little bit closer to the venue because I had expired my time in the spot that I had been in because I got to the city a little early because I wanted to wander around a bit. And my car wasn't starting. And it turns out um, I thought the battery was dead, but instead the, the hose that attached my fuel tank to my engine had broken off okay. so there was a huge puddle of gasoline in my car and I had no idea how to fix it and then I had to still go play this show so I thought okay I'll deal with this after the show I don't want to think about it now right. shit happens with your car on tour yep. you know it's right. just it's just a part of the game so, uh, so I play the show, and um, or before the show even starts, it's mostly just a lot of a lot of factors of the night that just continued to make things horrible. Right. Uh, one of the acts that I was playing with was this uh, this guy who uh, who was doing looped beatboxing, and in a part of his set, he was screaming, "I love coke," and. Into his boot pedal, so just over and over again was this kind of like um, monotonous uh, (laughs) scream and wail of somebody just like crying out for drugs. And I was thinking, what the fuck is going on? Where am I? This guy's gonna become president. This guy's screaming, I need coke. This is just, and my car is out of gas, and like, what's going on? And then the guy that plays after him is this man who, um, it's actually really, uh, kind of legendary, I think, experimental guy in the scene. But it just added a layer of weirdness to the night because his set uh, consisted of him basically jingling around a bunch of keys and making wet mouth sounds. Yeah. And uh, I, and then Trump was still becoming president. <laughs> 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 and then after that...
0: No wait, can I ask about that? Sure. Um. You can obviously—it's up to you—if you, you want to. It sounds like you don't want to name names. I
1: don't I remember like. their names.
0: Okay, um, but if Trump wasn't going to be president that night, and still, would um, it have still
1: been the worst? show Well, no.
0: Ever. Well, I just that that part specifically. I mean, I know you play experimental music. And I play experimental music. Yeah. I think of your music as like experimental, but you still. You do something that a lot of experimenter doesn't do in my opinion, which is like you still engage with beauty and you still want to have someone have a like powerful emotional experience that is still rooted in something beautiful and you'll you'll make it ugly at times but in a beautiful way. Like still coming back like dissonance towards resolution or still something where you're rooted in this idea of I think I'm wrong about this, yeah. but, that, but right. still even, you, you let it get fucked up mm-hmm. but with the idea of, like, ultimately still giving someone a, an aesthetic experience of beauty yeah. and an emotional experience.
1: Yeah.
0: And, and a lot of experimental music doesn't do that, right? right. Like, there's lots of experimental music and I, I'm guessing, because I imagine you play a lot of the, with the folks that I play with, where it's mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. you get paired with things that's just hate fucking the audience and yes. just like just aggressive antagonistic right. um, usually men yeah. um, who just want to show you how like, things can get on stage right. and that's their whole thing
1: yeah and the history of men pretty much pretty much
0: <laughs> fair enough <laughs> definitely fair enough. um look at no arguments from me um so so there's just that's the trend right and, and not everybody realizes that if, if most of the shows you go to are you know kind of more mainstream you know rock shows or folk shows or hop shows you might not know that there's this whole world where like people habitually get on stage just make terrible noises that they themselves believe are terrible not just subjectively I think they're terrible but like that, that are intended to be terrible to be upsetting to be Ugly, mm-hmm. and then everyone applauds afterwards, right. <laughs> and that's the show. Right. Um, is this a situation where even if Trump wasn't uh, about to be president, you would have just been like, okay, I did not need to hear those keys and mouth <laughs> for that I amount of time?
1: Mean, I think actually, yeah. I think it just kind of would have gone down in, in my book as like, yep, that was that was a gig I played. The, the other acts that were there weren't really my thing, but you know, they we're all we're all doing the deal. But it was just a, it was a lot of layers of things happening that just so happened to make this night stand out to potentially be the worst. Totally. Um, I mean, there there are gigs that I've done where like, you know, nobody showed up or the like. I was in the middle of nowhere and the only acts that I was playing with were like, you know, like folk screamo teenagers. Right. Like that one time in Reno, Nevada. Um, Then what? Like, I, that was in Reno. Quebec. Okay,
0: totally. Um,
1: you know, like, but I still wouldn't consider those the worst, but just, just because of the very specific circumstances of, of the show. Totally. With my car, the other performers, um, the election, being alone, feeling really alone. Yeah, um, yeah. I think particularly being alone on that tour was a really different experience than all the other times I had. Toured alone, which okay. is the majority of my touring life.
0: Interesting, because of the election or just so right, happens? Right, because of that. Okay, yeah, yeah. totally.
1: Yeah, um, solo, queer, like person of color yeah. alone in the United States, in the yeah. middle of nowhere, yeah. um, with with like one of the kind of biggest yeah. national political events happening in our yeah. history.
0: Um, yeah, I have to say I don't want to detract, but I was in. I was in Louisiana, Ooh, like girl. rural Louisiana. Girl. <laughs> I was terrified. Yeah. Because I mean immediately after the election, like I was like following Sean King on Facebook and like Totally. Same. And like CARE, you know, care, um, I always forget what it stands for. It's a, it's like a Muslim kind of outreach program and they um I know that I stands for, it's America, Islam, I don't remember what it stands for. But anyway, I followed them on Facebook, and it was immediately, there was just like these reports of hate crimes, yeah. like spiking, you know, A lot of gas the, the night of, yeah. of election, and then since then, right? Yeah. And so, I'm in like Mandeville, Louisiana, like about an hour outside of New Orleans, mm-hmm. and I wasn't planning for this, I was mm-hmm. like, no.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. Hillary's yeah.
0: not. Wasn't my top choice, but I right. voted for. Her. We'll all do that, right? Yeah. yeah. And it'll be, it'll be like not awesome, but it'll yeah. be
1: okay. We'll protest her like every day. Yeah. Like it'll just be like. <laughs> yeah.
0: It'll be fine. Yeah. The world won't like descend <laughs> into chaos. Yeah. It'll just be like another kind of like neoliberal person. Right. Same as like, Obama. Like. Yeah. Like
1: to expect yeah. that they were. But like
0: I was excited about Obama partly because I was not as politically aware totally. at the time. Yeah. I was like, cool. That's great. Right. And yeah. then you yeah. know, afterwards I was like, oh okay,
1: well right. it's still
0: definitely better than the alternative, right. but right. not as excited as I was initially. Right, it's you know? still
1: part of the machine. Yeah, yeah. I feel like
0: Hillary coming out right after Obama, it felt like the same kind of, like, well, of course a oh, woman should be president by now. Fuck, can we get someone who's not a fucking Warhawk corporate right. asshole? Yeah. <laughs> no, we can't, no, actually. We can't. The answer is no. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks yeah. for asking. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so I was, just, I was in Louisiana, and I was house-sitting. So I was with friends on the night of the election, but then they left the next day. I forget, right. they were going somewhere in the Midwest for, like, a wedding or something. And I was alone in the house, like, watching their dogs. And I didn't want to go outside. And I was mm-hmm. just like... There's Trump signs on everybody's lawn. Yeah. Just, I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm safe here. Yeah, bro. You would have been killed.
1: You would have been killed.
0: I took, like, I normally take a walk every day at some point, especially on days like that where I'm, like, totally by myself all day. I was like, oh, cool. I'll take a walk at some point. And then it took me, like, three or four days before I, like, ventured out of the house and all. I was just like, nah, I'm cool. I'm just gonna. Yeah. I think I was watching Community, I like they had Hulu and I wanted to show, watch the show Community and I was just yeah. like binge watching, yeah. <laughs> trying to distract myself from the horror. Yeah. Um, anyway, sorry, that was, that was distraction, but uh, was there more to the the show that's, I mean, it's, then he became president Then, then
1: he, yeah, and then, well, yeah, the show, the show was, it ended, um, some kids bought some merch, and... Then I got my uh, my car towed to the house that I was going to be um, saying, no, I got my car towed to the, to the mechanic that, that fixed it. Luckily, it was a really cheap fix. It was okay. like, for whatever reason, the hose that connected uh, my fuel tank to my engine had been attached with a zip tie, for oh. but for years. Okay. And no, I mean, my car had been to the, it's a Ford, so it had been to the mechanic countless times okay. over the course of his life. <laughs> and, oh, I I
0: how you phrase that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a Ford, so I... <laughs> Lots of Clearly, I knew was mechanic
1: well. Right, um, but no one had. I mean, so it it had served its purpose <laughs> yeah, fine. Um, uh, so Usually that being said, is it was too But I had a I had a really interesting car ride with the tow truck driver who came to get my car. We were both, um, you know, he was this like working class white guy, yeah, really nice. We didn't really talk about Real the election. America. Real America. <laughs> <laughs> The was realest American. So um, white, so male, so real. <laughs> um, so, you know, he was, he was a kind fella. We didn't, we didn't really get into, uh, get into it because, um, thank you for the water that you are pouring me right now. <laughs> um, we didn't really get into the details about how we felt about the results okay. because it could have potentially made for an even more awkward sure. uh, transport. Um, but he was a friendly guy. I'm assuming he voted for the guy who won. Yeah, and he probably assumed I voted for the gal who lost. Yeah. So we didn't really we didn't. You don't
0: scream Trump supporter. Yeah. yeah.
1: (laughs) Um. And then uh, yeah, and then I I went on my merry my merry way, and then was able to make it to the next gig. Totally fine. The next day, I was I was playing in where was I? Wisconsin, so it was pretty short, pretty short trip. Uh, right, Wisconsin. What city? Madison. Ma- Madison. In, no, not Madison. Milwaukee. Milwaukee. I was okay. going Madison. to Milwaukee. Skip Madison. Yeah. Fuck Madison. Fuck <laughs> Madison. No, Madison's great. Madison's pretty awesome. I like Madison. <laughs> I don't think I played there on that tour. Okay. Or maybe I did. I don't remember. They all just kind of played together. Sure. Um, but the only, I mean, as a whole, the only, the only kind of um, bizarre interaction I had—not bizarre, but scary—experience on that tour, particularly because of the election, was in Indiana. I was at a gas station where I was uh, was getting gas and walking. Uh, you know, I walked from my car into the, the corner store to get gum. I don't even go pee, whatever. And when I was walking back to my car from the mini mart, there was this. This man by big truck, um, maybe mid mid to late thirties, white guy, looked like he was maybe ex-military, just based on his build and his you know his demeanor, or he just looked like that. Who knows? Yeah. And he was giving me this really uh, this like extremely menacing stare with his arms um, at the at the sides of his body, like braced for something. And he was staring at me the entire walk from inside of the store all the way to my car and he he didn't do anything but it was just this this like I had never been that scared at a gas station in my life. Um, and I never experienced anything like that specifically. Um, so nothing
0: actually happened. Nothing but actually it just happened. It was super like it seemed like something was going to yeah. In the moment.
1: Yeah. Um, and I was I was thinking am I being paranoid? Am I making this up? And then I kept on looking over at him, and he just was still looking, <laughs> still looking with his so
0: arms straight down to his sides,
1: fists, fists clenched. Okay. Yeah. Whoa. Um, like great. body, like torso facing me as I, as I walked towards my car, and, and that was really it. it was, but it was still, it was still pretty scary. Right. It was a look of like, you don't belong here. Or, if you make the wrong move, I'm going to come after you. Or, if I come after you, no one at this gas station is going to stop me. Um, and I just kept... In,
0: in, where were you? In
1: Indiana. Middle of nowhere, Indiana, but not, gas. But not like Indianapolis or something? No, 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 no. Okay.
0: No. I mean, I'll say, because, uh, I mean, this is kind of a... This is a joke that people say there, but if, Indiana's kind of the Mississippi of the Midwest, right, they exactly. call it. Right, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. I've seen Confederate flags in Indianapolis, like yeah. in Fountain Square,
1: yeah.
0: where, like, the first time it blew my mind, because right. I'm sort of like, you have to be, like, like double racist to be, double like, to, to fly a Confederate flag well above the Mason-Dixon. Wow. I mean, I know, as much as I'm, I'm absolutely certain that it is racist, I know that there are people in Florida, in Georgia... Who believe that it isn't? Yeah, like they're wrong, but I know that they believe. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Like I've had arguments with people that yeah. I know well, yeah, yeah, who I love, yeah, who are like, no, man, it's just, <sighs> it's just southern <sighs> pride, man. That's all it is. I'm yeah. like, nope, you're wrong. Yeah, but I, but I'm, I'm glad you think that, or I'm yeah. glad at least you don't. You're not flying it because you are racist, yeah. or you mean to be. You yeah. are, unfortunately, but yeah. um, but in Indiana,
1: Yeah. like
0: there's no there's no like accidental racism possible if you're not in the south. If yeah. You're still flying. Yeah, that's not an option. Yeah, um, and in the middle of the city, like yeah. not just rural. I mean, Indiana gets gets freaky out in the boonies but this yeah. was like in the middle of the city, in the like hip neighborhood in Indianapolis, right.
1: yeah,
0: and just flying it.
1: Just loving that nostalgic casual racism. Yeah, just feeling it.
0: But to where I I did some I was in, I was in Indianapolis that particular time for a while, like for a week or something for a festival. And I kept going back to see, and the guy was he was bringing it in every night. <laughs> <laughs> like he was flying it during the day, and then every night he would bring it in. And I'm hoping that's because at some point somebody snatched it off his uh, porch
1: Right, and yeah.
0: Instead of a fire or something, <laughs> which is what I wanted to do. Right. And right. I kept going back at night yeah. to see if he'd leave it out. Nope. Yeah, he'd no, re- he'd, bring it he'd bring it in. he bring it in.
1: Somebody'd snatching it up. Yeah. <laughs> and that's today. <laughs> I <laughs> hope we'll at one it point you'd forget,
0: right. you know. And, um, but so you're just in the middle of nowhere. In the middle of
1: nowhere. Yeah. Yeah, which is usually where where those things kind of like, tend to happen. Yeah.
0: Um, how long after the election was that? Do you remember?
1: That was, I think, just like three, two or three days. because um, I was making my, I was cutting across from from the Midwest to the East Coast. So by then I was, after that experience, I was naturally pretty terrified to continue the tour all all alone. Because I hadn't even made it to, I live in Portland, and so I was doing from Portland to New York and back, basically. And I hadn't even made it to the East Coast yet. And, you know, I still had a couple, couple weeks left to go through the rest of the United States and potentially be put in some type of danger.
0: Yeah.
1: Luckily, there wasn't anything really noticeable that
0: happened. I mean, like what that. sucks is—I mean, you pointed this out, but it's like this question of am I being paranoid? I mean, there's no way—at least that I've ever figured out—to know. You don't know if you're being paranoid, right? Like, and that's why it's not paranoia. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because there's like a legitimate—if there is a legitimate threat,
1: yeah.
0: It might not be happening right now. Yeah. But this sort of thing does happen. Yeah. And how do you know if you're just big? It sucks to... I hate being good. Right?
1: I yeah. I don't know yeah.
0: mm-hmm. stuff that doesn't matter, you know? Yeah. But but you don't know.
1: Yeah.
0: And, and if, when something like that happens, you're like, okay, well, this is a game changer. Mm-hmm. This means I'm in a new situation now. Right. I don't know I don't know how to operate
1: in this situation. Yeah.
0: I don't know if yeah. this level of concern like, is appropriate -hmm. I don't want to find out the hard way that it is. I don't want to find out. Oh, I should have been more cautious about being alone and not white Mm -hmm. in in some rural town. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, I just I just say that. I just hate that that um, because yeah, like I said, I I usually walk. I walk in any neighborhood. Like Mm -hmm. people normally. Normally, I get told by white people, like, oh, don't walk in that neighborhood, it's a little dangerous. And I'm like, yeah,
1: mm-hmm. maybe, maybe you, you shouldn't. <laughs> I like, I was cool. you're fine. You stay where you are. Yeah.
0: Uh, don't, I'm, you're going to walk
1: right. in the neighborhood, call the cops and everybody, and then right. like, you're the real danger. <laughs> right. right. Yeah, so I mean, I'm
0: just saying, for the most part, I take a walk wherever I'm at, country, city black neighborhood, white neighborhood, whatever, and I'll take a walk. Yeah. And usually, yeah, the only times I do feel in danger is if I get into a particularly bougie neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And usually, like, in the south, if there's no sidewalks, this has happened to me before where somebody calls the cops on me because I'm on the street. Yeah. Even though there's no sidewalk.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, this happened to me in Texas, where it's like, where, where else am I going to walk? Yeah. But I was walking at night. Yeah. With an afro. Yeah. <laughs> In a in this little neighborhood in this like kind of fancy neighborhood outside of Austin,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that's the only time I, I worry about my my safety is if I'm in a spot where people are likely to call the cops on me. Right. Or but mm-hmm. but in that situation, I kept thinking like, okay, am I an idiot for going on a walk in yeah. this like little town? Tar- also, Mandeville, I forgot to say this. But Mandeville, Louisiana, is David Duke's hometown.
1: Oh yikes. Yeah. Right, damn. You should yeah, not leave the house. We yeah. wouldn't be here today.
0: There wouldn't be this podcast. Hashtag CJ Boyd say his name. Hopefully, there's not ever that fucking hashtag. Oh man. Um, yeah, it's so. Uh, I don't even know. Even now, it's like, okay, has it died down? Has it? No, I mean. There's still we hear hate crimes every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like against Muslim folks more than anybody else. Mm-hmm. As far as like civilian hate crimes, not including the cops, hate crimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. If, like if that's just that's just how things are now. Mm-hmm. Or what it would take for us as a as a country to like move back in another direction to where that's not just a thing. All
1: time. No yeah idea. you'll need a whole other podcast to get okay. <laughs> that's right. to crack into that business
0: <laughs> yeah um well hey thank you so much for telling your story
1: yeah
0: absolutely thanks Appreciate for having you me.
1: being here yeah and uh i know you're okay. off to bazoola mm-hmm. soon so have fun on tour thank yeah. you or
0: not tour but travel. yeah yeah travel. yeah and
1: um yeah thanks everyone for listening
0: This episode of Worst Show Ever was made possible by the pledges of Dorana Fryman, Meg Roberts, and Christina Amador Perez. If you'd like to support this endeavor, please go to patreon.com slash worst show ever.